Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. The front yard is thawed. It's a south-facing exposure, lots of patios. It just feels good. The sun hits there. Just, I mean, even in January or February, winter, you're out there and you could sit on the front sofa and just enjoy the sun just with a layer on it feels good the backyard north exposure two and a half story house it hardly sees the sun at all it's difficult to keep the pond from freezing over i've got a pond heater in there uh, running water and it still wants to be there's still snow on the ground it's there's frost the plants still have some snow on them so totally different zones there's a whole nother zone warmer in the front yard then the backyard, these are called micro environments, micro zones, micro. So your yard can have more than one zone. So the backyard is zone six. Those plants need to go down to, oh, 10 degrees or so. The front yard is zone seven, strong, flirts with zone eight. Plants need to go down to 15 degrees or so. That's a whole nother environment. And you can find the same thing in your yard. And so you, you read these plant tags, it goes, grows in zone seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, whatever, 10. That's, they're, they're telling you how cold hardy they are. So they've, they've seen these plants go down to zero degrees. That'd be a zone five. So the lower the zone, the colder it goes. The higher the zone, the more deserty it is. So zone 10, Phoenix, those plants don't like to go below 40 degrees. If you hit them with cold, with frost at all, the tops of your cacti, the tops of your ficus will just will be obliterated. Will just freeze right off. They turn to black mush. Generally, the central highlands of Arizona, that's Payson, uh, uh, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Sedona, uh, Cortis Junction, Dewey, Humboldt, Prescott Valley, Prescott, all the way up to, I would almost say, uh, uh, Skull Valley, Baghdad, these, this central highland area, these are zones six, seven, eights. So they, the plants definitely need to be able to take freezing. Uh, they need to go down to well into the teens and they'll still come out of winter and be fine. The plants that are, are, it comes down really more to what is your exposure uh, to the, uh, to the sun. So are you a north, south facing uh, type of gardens, or are you on the north slope? Jerome, you, you folks are have beautiful gardens because you, you see that sunrise, it comes up. Yet you are definitely a zone seven, eight. You're just like a little bit down the, the valley, Cottonwood, Camp Verde. You folks are actually colder than up the hill uh, in Jerome because they face the sun. Cold air kind of sinks and settles down against the river. The closer to the river you are, the, the more the temperature swings will be. And so you'll see that play out in your neighborhood. So I'm up in the in the Prescott Lakes area, up, up above the high school here in Prescott. And so my gardens are facing the Dells. So I'm, I'm facing, I'm on a north sloping hill overlooking the Dells. It's a beautiful mountain view, but the gardens are cold. They're colder than, let's say, if I walk the neighborhood and they, they are facing more towards the east or the south, those gardens will be a zone warmer. And you'll see this play out in your own yards. So in my own uh, uh, house, 
So we're on a north-facing slope, but you have to dig out the hill and, you know, set your footers. It's a classic mountain home. So you dig out the side of the hill and you, and you, you set your, your basements and your, your first and second floors there. And then the, the rest of the yard is just sloped. And so we've got all these tiered gardens throughout our, our landscape. It's the only way we could really garden effectively where you can step out there without falling down the hill. And the clay soil is ridiculous in our yard. I mean, caliche layers, heavy, compacted soils. It's never been gardened before. I was killing things. So I said, I'm not, I'm a gardener. I'm not dealing with this kind of soil. The trees and roses and things, they were all planted in that dirt. But the rest of my plants, rest of the flowers, actually half, half the shrubs and trees are planted in raised beds. So we just took a retaining block, put it down, down slope, leveled out the hills, backfilled with some good potting soil. And boy, a game changer. Your dirt, your soil makes all of the difference in your gardens. If you've struggled at all, you need to be, re as soon as we thaw, you need to be investing in additional manure, additional compost, mulch, and add that into those flower and vegetable beds. And that soil is only good for maybe two, three years at most. The plants will actually use up the vitality of those raised beds or of those gardens. And so you need to always reintroduce additional soils in there. I was helping a customer um, earlier today, earlier, a couple days ago. And he was in, he's got 22 beds. This guy is a real gardener. Filled the pickup truck up with manure, topsoil, and, and mulch, bagged goods. And he replaces all of his soils uh, every three years. That was, this, is, this is a gardener just talking in the backyards of Prescott, this central highlands. They're not going to be any different than Prescott Valley, Chino Valley. They we're all the same. Uh, it depends more on where, what, which way your gardens are facing. And for flowers, not so much flowers, for vegetables for sure, the more sun you give that plant, the better off it does. So the more sun equals bigger tomatoes, more tomatoes, bigger peppers, more peppers. Eggplants will not grow without full sunshine and probably a nightlight. I mean, it just likes the sun so much. And so most of, your, most of these plants that produce a fruit they need the sunshine for the photosynthesis, creates the sugars, carbohydrates, so that it makes the fruit. Less so for your leafy products, leafy vegetables like lettuce, spinach, cauliflower, kale. They can take much more shade than, let's say, a cucumber plant. So they'll need more sun. So, so put those, those beds out where they can get more sun and then amend them heavily every year with I would say a second this thing thaws, as soon as we get this, this snowpack out of here, start putting a two to three inch layer of manure and compost on top of those beds and work it in, till it or turn it into the soil within one shovel's depth or about eight inches. That's, I'm just quoting the book here. But it is time. You can start planting uh, by the end of February, most of the areas. So I would say in the lower, lower elevations, Sedona, Camp Verde, Camp, uh, um, Cottonwood, uh, Skull Valley, Baghdad, uh, Yarnell, those, those, those areas, you all can start planting probably right after Valentine's. But you need that soil prepared so it has time to, to, to settle for at least two weeks. I would say more like three or four weeks 
before you start planting. So you want to put all these nutrients in there and then let it just kind of kind of settle down. In fact, a couple snowstorms or, or rain would really help to percolate that soil so that so all the nutrients kind of settle in. If you just amend the soil right away and then start plugging plants, let's say you're going to put geraniums in or, or petunias or, or daisies, whatever it is, uh, tomatoes. You, if you just amend it and put plants right in there, sometimes you can burn the, the roots off. And so you'll see that play out. So you're going, oh, I put my new seedlings in and they, they vaporize. They, they bent over. They turned yellow. They got brown tips. That's, that's, you didn't give the time, the soil time to percolate and settle all those nutrients. Uh, manures are really good for everything. But you really want it on early and you want it to kind of settle. Put it over top of your lawn. Put it over top of your thyme, your herb gardens, over your flowers. Put it into your vegetable beds. And it's a game changer because it's it's hot. It's got nutrients or nitrogen in it and it's organic. So so our our fertilizer, our, our manure that we sell, it's barnyard manure. It's a mixture of several different types of animals. It's not so hot like chicken and turkey, but it has some. But it's not just steer manure. You've got a mixture. And then we also include the bedding. So you're composting this down for over a year. So it's deodorized, nutritional uh, manures that, that are less hot. It's harder to make a mistake, but you can still do it. It has a lot of, a lot of nitrogen in it. Anyway, a lot in store for you. I've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions. Got to take a break right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. So they up into the garden centers, heat sales, houseplants. A treat we just sold. We were unloading uh, fruit trees a couple days ago, and people were buying them right out the dock. Were you planning on coming in for fruit trees? No. Nope. <laughs> but we were thinking about it, so we'll just take we'll take that one and that one. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of they're looking to first choice. You yeah. do get first dibs, but they weren't even planning on <laughs> taking fruit trees. Just that's what's here. It's fresh off the from the farm and everything. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. 
Good yeah. to be here. Yes, yeah. it is. So speaking of customers being anxious, so I just had a customer. She's like, oh, I just had to come in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. way, what can I help you with? I just had to come in. <laughs> so, it's all good. I think yeah. it's been, uh, there's been pent up demand because it got cold like so end of October, yeah. November. It was winter in November. Yeah. And so normally it's, you know, middle of December. So there's an extra four, six weeks. Mm -hmm. Customers, gardeners have been like sipping tea way too <laughs> long and they want to be outdoors. You can only hike in the forest and don't, you got to get your hands <laughs> in the dirt. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, it just, you can't even hike on the sidewalks right now. They've been, know. you know, at, at cinders and yeah. snow and ice. Mm -hmm. um, we just want to be done with winter. We do. And we want to be back in the gardens. <laughs> what kind of questions so, do you So speaking of cold and ice and snow everywhere. So Bonnie has a question. She has a yard that faces north. So yep. no, really much, no sun this time of year. Um, so snow has fallen. It's kind of laying on a lot of her evergreens, junipers, shrubs, that kind of thing. Uh, of course, it's not melting. Should is that okay, or should it be knocked off, brushed off, scraped off? Yeah. So, uh, so when when snow is floating on top of, let's see, your grasses or, or evergreens, they're on top of the plants. They've they've got some evaporative things that so it stays colder. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good at first when that storm first clears off. That snow actually insulates the plant underneath it and keeps that really brutal cold from from permeating down into it. But after a day, it's too long. The plant wants to see the sunlight. Mm -hmm. So if you could just get any kind of foliage coming through, plants have a way of warming themselves up. They're dark colored. Mm -hmm. And so they will naturally absorb that sunlight. If you simply just lightly brush, get any of the foliage. Don't snow is bad for plants. Don't leave it on there. Okay. That help Short them? answer. Short answer. <laughs> but the reason being they want to see the sunlight. So they'll quickly turn yellow, you know, they'll start to defoliate just because they they ran out of sunlight because yeah. of snow. If it's something like, uh, like we've had a couple really heavy snows, if that snow comes in and, and loads up on a deodor cedar, Arizona cypress, juniper, even spruce, um, the, the branches start to bend and weep. Mm -hmm. Well, same thing when that, the cold isn't what gets them. The snow doesn't bother them. It's that cold front. It gets super cold right after the storm clears out, uh, it like drops an extra 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. well, if that plant has, has branches that are weeping, they're, they're settled down, they're weighted down by all that snow, then it gets super cold like that. The sap inside that branch freezes and sometimes it can solidify. It stays like that right. permanently. Right. And so you kind of want to take that weight off of those not all the snow, but the weight off of those branches, mm -hmm. just so they spring back. Yeah. So when it gets real cold, they kind of they, they don't get forced into this weird morphed Doctor Doolittle's Doctor <laughs> Seuss look. Right. So it's it's probably good to get them off there for okay. the short things like ground covers. Just take a broom and slightly sweep it off. It off. Any kind of branch, <clears throat> any kind of foliage showing through, it'll they'll pop right out, and that the plants will do all the magic work for you. Okay. Can we answer good. that? Good question, I, I think Bonnie. we get the short and the long answer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I go, we got to fill 10 minutes. <laughs> so our next question is from Chandra in Prescott Valley. 
Uh, she wants to know, is it time to be putting out pre-emergent okay. or should it, you wait until we're warm? Yeah, that's a sign of a gardener. So, so pre-emergent, so just explain what that is. So pre-emergents are, they're usually a granular, there's a liquid form called surflan, but basically it's a granular form. You put it in your hand spreader, you spread mm. it over the rock lawn or places where weeds grow and it keeps the seed from germinating. So it's a, it's a seed killer. Mm-hmm. And so obviously she's had problems before. So she's keeping the whorehound, the tumbleweeds, goat head, the one that puts on that uh, spike that pops, you know, your dogs walk on it and they start limping around. Those are all annuals. They only come back by seed. If you can put a, a weed preventer down, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get it. You'll it'll eliminate 95, 99% of all those issues. Um, now, is it too late, too early? I think your timing is just right. You're almost a little too late. Generally, I say put it down the first of the year, but we've had quite a bit of snow and some weather. So the foxtail has not quite started showing yet. Yep. Foxtails are first insidious weed, and it looks like green, yeah, soft looks grass. looks so soft. You're like, oh, it's beautiful. And then it turns into this gnarly you know, thistle that, that goes through your dog's paws, through your sock, through your ankle, out the other side. It's nasty. So you want to get rid of that, and weed preventer, we call it weed and grass stopper. Mm-hmm. You can throw that on top of the snow, on top of where you've, where you've got uh, your weeds showing up. It will obliterate that. It just gets rid of them. They won't come out in that area. Right. Um, it only affects weed seed. It doesn't affect the weeds. So if you, you can put it around roses, uh, over, ro- uh, over flower beds, over around trees. your trees, it won't affect the plants that are already there. Only affects the seed that are going to germinate Right. here shortly and then the next warm day there's enough moisture the next right. as soon as we get above 55 60 and stays there for any length of time it's just going to take off right. so word of warning don't use it like in a vegetable garden if you're putting seeds out yeah. Yeah. if you're going to put out wildflower seed yeah don't do that but if you're going <laughs> to if you've got a lawn and you don't want dandelions yeah. to get in you That's put it right. on top of the lawn, it won't affect the lawn. It only keeps the dandelions from coming back. So right. there's a way to use it. And that's one come in. So for Chandra or in Prescott Valley. Chandra. Chandra, did I get it right? You did. I'm Thank impressed. you. It's a pretty name. Just want to make sure <laughs> yeah. I didn't screw it up. Um, your, your, your timing is perfect. Go for it. Uh, I would say while you're at it, go ahead. If you've got it going, now through March, you fertilize everything. Get, mm-hmm. Do it all at once. doesn't matter which one goes on first. Just get them done. Okay. All right. Next question is from Cameron. Make sure we have time. He's new to Prescott. He lives up by the Thumb Butte area. So yeah. for mountains, native pines, Beautiful. that kind of stuff. A neighbor told him to put systemic on his pines. Yeah. So he just wants to know what does he mean by systemic? <laughs> and how do you use it and when do you use yeah, it? Yeah. So so okay. So those folks with <laughs> evergreens. So we have some tip borers and some some ips beetle and some bark bark beetles. There's some bug beetles basically that get into the bark and eat. Their diet is evergreens. And so if you're in a place, so, so at the base of Thumb Butte, there's lots of pon- ponderosas, pinion pines are out there. You, you do need to care for those. You'll get scale on your pinion pines. You'll get bark beetle on your, on your ponderosas. If they're of value to you, and you've got some that are, if you lost them, it would be a true detriment to the value and quality of life of your property, living on your property. Take care of those. Um, and so we fertilize them once a year. So Cameron, take, take out all-purpose plant food. We make one for evergreens. Put it around there, and that'll just, just once a year for your native evergreens. It'll keep them healthy. The drench 
We generally would put on it just a touch early. I'd wait another two, three, four weeks. And by after sometime after Valentine's, so wait till then, put on a liquid drench. It's a, it's a, you mix up in a watering can or so a five easy. gallon bucket. So Anyone easy. can do it. You pour it at the base of your tree and it goes up the cambium layer, up underneath the bark and permeates the entire tree. So if there's bark beetles underneath the bark, kills them. If, if there's scale eating the tips of the, uh, of the tree, it kills them. So it's a good kind of like an antibiotic for, for evergreens, but yeah, you'll need to do that. Come see us for more. Uh, but you've got, you've got a window, do it in the next, do it in a month. Okay. And again, you're good to go. Great questions this week. So now we're out of time. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Stress melts away with Waters' finest quality plants curated for a better night's sleep. Imagine a five-star sleep experience waiting for you every night at home. Bask in the comfort of these plants as they absorb harmful chemicals and pollen. Purifying bedroom air, creating your own living oxygen tent, as refreshing as a forest rain. A good night's rest starts at Waters Garden Center. Natural, safe, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott, also found on the web at top10houseplants.com. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodore Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. The most meaningful jobs in America. So the happiest, least stressful, most meaningful jobs in America. That was the title. So it's really good and it played out. And number one, uh, most satisfying was in agriculture, specifically trees. So folks who get to spend time outdoors playing with plants, it was uh, more, they just felt like they made more of a difference. And so, and garden centers were right up there at the top. They way above hotels and restaurants, medical, manufacturing. It's just people that are outdoors in the fresh air, you feel better about things. And so it's very, very a, a, a telling uh, story. So the, thank you, Andrew. It was a great story. Love it. Uh, front page right there. And so on uh, digitally, I don't know where it was in the actual print version, but I'll, I'll bet it's right there. But you know, go, I've been doing this job at, at the garden center 30 years. And I never 
get tired. Every season, the seasonalities change, so you never get bored. There's always something new. There's not a monotony to it because plants change. What blooms by month changes. And then just working with gardeners and at a garden center, just working with gardeners, it's just a game changer. Just they're, they're relaxed people. Are not as there's very few are off their meds is what I tell them, or off their they just lose it sometimes. You just don't have that at a garden center. I've worked other retail where whew, every other customer's like agitated, and I don't know why. You know, I'm just a cashier. I can't solve your problems. Why are you yelling at me? You, we don't have that. You just don't have. This is kind of a highlight. It's like a a therapy session. You know, what's funny is. We'll have the uh, dental, the offices, because we're right by the hospital. They'll kind of, they'll they'll come out for lunch break. You can tell they're just kind of, I need to get out of this cubicle. I can't take it anymore. They come to the garden center, bring a girlfriend or whatever, and they'd come and just therapy session. They come enjoy the plants. And so we see that often. Stop and get a coffee, mainly when it's cold out. Come to the garden center in the summer when it's hot. They'll stop and get an ice cream at Baskin Robbins, and 31 flavor, whatever, and come to the garden center. It's just fun to kind of watch. If you were thinking about a, a job at a garden center, this any kind of agribusiness, because we're in the cycles of nature, it's all about the timing. And so January, February, if you're going to go to your garden, let's say a landscape or, or a garden center for a grower, that's your time when you want to go fill on an app and, and go talk to them. We've got maybe 10 or 15 spots open now, some managers, cashiers, sales folks, retired, full-time, part-time. Uh, we have quite a few retired folks seasonally. They don't want to work in the cold in the winter, but they do want to be a part of the excitement. There's an energy that happens when all these plants show up and to see gardeners come look at it and go, whoa, what is that? I want to know. We, it's like Christmas. Every time we open those, those from the farm, you get a new load and you're going, wow, I've never seen that color, whatever, geranium before. That's amazing. And so this is a place where people put their roots down. There's this very little turnover. Even our seasonal staff, the, the average tenure for our seasonal folks is over five years. I mean, they just come back year after year. So they're already starting to bug me. But if you were thinking about it, you want to fill out an application, get your resume dusted off, and drop it off at the garden center. We're, we've we've got some spots that we're hiring for in springs. I, I know all the rest is broadcast all over northern Arizona. That's the same in your town. Payson, I was talking to Glenn and, and the McCombs over there. They they need some folks. So they they're they're looking to hire. So now's your opportunity. Grab it while you can and take advantage of it. So it, when it comes to May, we're in the peak of the season. By then we've already hired. It's too late unless you just happen to get a spot open, but it's just now's your chance. Another interesting phenomena going on, it's really interesting. I think this is going to be a really big vegetable herb edible season. Uh, the number of customers, gardeners, I hear coming into the garden center going, I can't believe the price of food, basically, whatever, tomatoes, peppers, crust, whatever they're, they're talking. I can't believe, stunned by the cost of the grocery store. I mean, they're, and, and they're looking to, if my seed sales are any indication, they're looking to grow their own more than, than, than they have in the past. And I kind of feel that way. I had more tomatoes I knew what to do with, 
and it only took three tomato plants. Yet I had hundreds of dollars, literally, of tomatoes coming off that. It took some fertilizer, some water, but I know I didn't. Maybe I had $20 into them all in, plant, food, soils, fertilizers, waters, and I got hundreds out. Actually, I heard a study on that. The average consumer, and we see this here in Prescott, Arizona, spends $267 on garden edibles. So plants, seed, soils, fertilizer. And the average return on that is $607. So it's like a threefold, three, three times return on the energy and money that you put into that. I think that's going to play out. That's what's re that's those are the articles out there right now. So I think you'll see that more and more. I sense that's going to be this next spring. I could tell you in a couple months how it's really going to go. But seed sales, if you're thinking about growing carrots, lettuce, spinach, all those, grab the seed before you need them. Because I think there may be, it'll be hard to keep them. I've already had to restock these things like three times. It's only January. So I think this is a mood thing that's going on in the country. Got more for you. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Gold Euonymus. An excellent choice for colored hedges and as tough as they come. This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker when sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27. But in rows, they make excellent visual and sound barriers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. What help you. Uh, now it's... I wish I had a producer. You are the producer. Well, the producer, <laughs> the talent, the engineer, the whole thing. So the technology's got it where you can do that, but used to be I'd have an engineer and I'd have a producer who helps you book speakers, get topics, uh, keep online. Then all you had to do was show up and go, keep the outline. Or, or here, your time is out. Cut, cut, <laughs> cut. Now you got to watch the timer. You got to, it's like more, you, it's, it's beneficial. Technology is good for the smaller people, mm -hmm. small business, because now we can be as talented or have the resources that only big companies could have. Right. And I know some big companies, they dream, they wish they could have, they could be this local talking to consumers, to guard local homeowners, gardeners mm -hmm. about their homes at this local base. But they got to go 
national. They just can't do it. It's too big. So they yeah. just have these big Super Bowl messages, <laughs> which is coming up, huh? It is. Oh, so, yeah. I don't even know. We don't follow football very well. We, we, we follow the opera more than we follow <laughs> well, I don't even know about football. that. <laughs> We're not that yeah. high class anymore. Anyway, <laughs> in our minds, <laughs> we actually work. <laughs> <laughs> That's our hobby. So what do you got for us this week? What are we looking at garden-wise? What are people so, talking about? So garden-wise, we're still in that prepping, preparing, thinking about spring kind of mode, which is a fun mode to be in. Yeah. Um, kind of start planning out your gardens. If you're going to do vegetable gardens, uh, raised bed gardens, any flower gardens, now is a really good time to just kind of plan yeah. what you want, how, where you're going to put it, and all those good things. I was loading a, a couple truckloads of mulch, food, uh, fertilizer, <laughs> manures, mm -hmm. topsoils. As as gardeners are, they're preparing the soil for sure. Yeah. So they've been getting that and just mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's like 20, 30 bags. It's, your, it's back breaking work. <laughs> it's good <laughs> money, but it's hard money to <laughs> lift that much soil. It's I true. Think, yeah. I think a lot of folks like the bag stuff. I mean, you could get it cheaper in bulk from, let's say, a, a dump truck, just dumping it on your driveway. Mm -hmm. But then you got to haul it, schlep it. You get some more work to get point it from a there to, to point the, B. <laughs> and then back to the, it's easier in a bag. Mm -hmm. And the quality is by far way, way better mm -hmm. than something bulk. So your, 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 your soil yards, your rock yards have mm -hmm. what's called a garden mix, which they'll dig out stock ponds. They got some rich, gooey clay and then they cut it to to make it aerate better they put free wood chips they get from the dump and they'll add some horse manure they got free from somewhere so it's horse manure wood chips and some junk and they mix it up call it a garden soil and it doesn't grow very well i've tried several <clears throat> times you're better off taking i'll tell folks who have got really big beds use that stuff to filler in the Your top bottom. layer put the water's potting soil because that's our growers mix that's what that's what our plants are grown in. Right. So if you can take a start that, that from the garden center and put it in more soil that it already knows, you're going to have for sure success. Mm -hmm. Don't blend it in the in that top layer of gunk. Just use that as filler. Right. Make sure it drains. That's the problem. It doesn't drain. Yeah. And then uh, and then use the tops. The use a know, six eight inches mm -hmm. of water's potting soil. That's our growers mix in the top layer. It'll be a game changer for you if you yeah. struggled. That one little tip right here is worth the entire hours worth of the, worth, worth of the show. Mm -hmm. It's a game changer. Soil yeah. makes everything. Soils are, are people don't think about it, especially yeah. if they've moved from other areas where, you know, they throw a seed in the ground and it sprouts and grows. We're a little different here. Yeah. So soils are very important, whether you're doing res, raised bed or in the ground. Um, it's something worth paying attention to. And I think you do a whole garden class on soils. Yeah, we've got one you? in two weeks, I believe. No, yeah. the first week in... Uh, it's either check the website, watersgardencenter.com. <laughs> that's right there, classes. But I, we've right. got one on soil prep. And mm -hmm. We'll go over all of that. Yeah. Right. How how often should you change out your container soils? Mm -hmm. How often should you change out raised beds? How much you should add? What you should add? We go deep. It's kind of your brain yeah. will start smoking by the time you get but done. But it's definitely worthwhile, especially yeah. if you're new to the area or new to bed, you know, vegetable gardens and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's a little tangent we went off on. It's important. It's important. But I was going to talk about seeds. Yeah. So we've got in our seeds for the 2023. So they're all fresh seed. Yeah. They're all dated 2023. Um, and we get them from two companies. We do uh, Lake Valley and 
botanical botanical interests. Interest. Both of them are very small, oh. mom and pop, little mm-hmm. companies. Yep. But great companies, good yeah. quality seed. Yeah. Um, and we just have a really nice selection right now. So we have all your cool season veggie, your spring season vegetables, your lettuces, your kales, spinach, uh, onions, beets. We got everything. But so, I want tomatoes and cucumbers. Well, we have that too. Oh, really? They're all in. They're all good. in. Yeah, grab them so, out. Yeah. It's uh, if you're thinking about doing your spring seeds, definitely come in check out what we have because it's probably if you're going to be starting them inside, um, definitely time to start thinking about starting those seeds and getting them going. We also do have a really nice selection of warm season, so tomatoes, squash, peppers. Um, so if there's like an odd seed that you just you know can't get grown at the garden center, now's to type, start looking for it in seed. I was doing research. You know what the number one vegetable is grown by all gardeners? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. You know what number two is? Peppers. Nope. That was like number four. Squash. Cucumbers. Cucumbers. Cucumbers are the number are the number two. Really? This is on this is on a, a national, national level. I don't know about Prescott, Arizona. Right. But it's a very popular. And I think it's because mm-hmm. you can only get like one type of cucumber at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And you know, tomatoes you can get two or three varieties. Right. Sometimes they're green. They're all terrible tasting but yeah uh cucumbers mm-hmm. there's only one variety so if you want any kind of variety you grow your own right we've got pickling cucumbers armenian cucumbers bush cucumbers vine cucumbers straight eights straight eight you name it we got it so come on down we got your cucumbers <laughs> right on here grow your own <laughs> and within both lines we have um, a series that's organic yeah so it's certified organic and it'll be printed on the label certified organic um, and then we just have the regular seeds as well, no, but they're all non-GMO. There we go. Both Good. companies, non-GMO. Yeah, and worry more about the genetically modified when you're doing seed. That's more important than organic. The, the definition, I don't know what that even means half the time, but genetically modified. If we they altered the DNA of that plant, let's say corn, soybeans, that kind of beans, for sure that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to grow those. You're growing your own so that you can get away from that. Because right. in the grocery store, Half the stuff there is genetically altered, so it produces or ships easier for folks. Mm-hmm. They're going for bushels per acre. They don't care and shipping it across a continent. <laughs> they don't care about flavor nutrition. They're, they're mm-hmm. caring about uh, how it looks. They want to get you to buy. They actually embed red in some fruits, mm-hmm. tomatoes and stuff. Right. It's genetic. It's not actually tasting better. Or it produce, it doesn't bruise as easy. Just you can have better. You can grow your own better. <laughs> so easy. You can. You definitely can. The other one too. This is where you don't see it, but it does play out. There's definitely different grades mm-hmm. of seed. They there actually is. have ultraviolets. They actually will put them through a scanning system. That they sort them by grade of seed, and you see it pretty easily with big seed like mm-hmm. sunflowers and beans and peas. You don't see it as much with carrots. But they still have the same, these small seeds, they still have the same grading. Mm-hmm. And some of these buy 10 for a dollar. This is what's left over. They sweep it off the floor and stuck it in a bag and go, you want it? Yeah. But I don't know if you want to buy that. Pay the extra dollar and get the good quality seeds or know who you're buying it from because you get better germination rate, bigger plants, healthier produce, more quantity. Mm-hmm. The, the quality is, makes a huge difference in seed. I can't emphasize that enough. And I would say it, it is kind of get out there and get what you want now. Yeah. 
Because right. um, a lot of times, even like three weeks from now, there'll be seed that we won't be able to get anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of when it's gone, it's gone kind of thing. It's not like there's a bunch sitting in the shed waiting to be put out. So it's, you definitely, if, especially if there's certain very specific varieties you're looking for, you want to get out there and, and be the early worm. There are what's called seed banks or seed vaults. These, these seeds are kept inside these huge high security very thick doors like you can't security is intense because you'll have three million dollars of seeds sitting in this little tiny vault so it's high security Mm -hmm. and then when the vault runs out there are no more peas that that variety's gone how about a different one so Mm -hmm. we are out of time lisa thank you very much on seed ken and lisa lane the mountain gardeners be right back after this Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters with the plants of the week and our Roman Beauty Rosemary. This Mediterranean beauty has graceful, arching branches that flow over rock walls, raised beds, or container's edge. A culinary herb often used in potpourri. Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen, likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love unusual, healthy herbs, they love to shop. We believe plants make you happier, and that local nurseries rock at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Waters with the Plant of the Week and our red cobweb hens and chicks. Tiny rosettes are covered with crazy cobweb-like hairs, then open and spread to make a dense, succulent ground cover. This drought-loving perennial flushes red in the spring with cactus pink flowers in the summer. Perfect for planting in rock gardens, super attractive in containers, and just $14. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love crazy new succulents, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So, uh, you can just kind of fudge things around and it just looks good, looks balanced. But if you've got a whole lot of rock and you've got a boulder and a couple trees and a shrub, it's going to look off and you won't know how to describe it, but you can feel it going, no, that's not something wrong about that. And, and, and it comes down to, this is what they teach you in design school, 60%, 60, 40, 60% of your property should be green or, or have live scapes. That is living, breathing plants on it. And so the tree it's not just the trunk, but the entire canopy area, that whole canopy should be part, cover part of your 60%. That includes the rooftop, the driveways, all these others. If you, The entire plot of your property, 60% should be covered in shrubs, trees, lawn. You can see now why if a lot of your property just has a great big lawn on it, no trees, nothing but lawn, it can still feel good. But not if it's all rock, you know, crushed granite. And a couple of boulders, you're going, huh, it feels too lunar, too too dusty, too dirty. It's just not living, breathing. They put a million-dollar house down and they covered it in rock. Huh, it feels off. But you put a couple of trees strategically, 
uh, some shrubs in there, some evergreens. And all of a sudden, it quickly starts to feel like, oh, if you get it too much, let's say you go 70, 80% green to your to your property plot, to 20% just pathways and driveways and openings, decks. Um, then all of a sudden, it feels overgrown. Like, what? Do they, 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 they don't own a pair of shears? Can they not... Can they not clean up? What, what's happening? That's many times when you buy that, you know, the last home to sell is always the model home. They always overplant those so that they can get to that 60-40 ratio. They want it to feel mature and different. So they'll take the biggest shrubs, biggest plants they can, plug them in tighter than normal. And five years after you buy it, it feels like a jungle. Ooh, you need to thin some of those out. But 60-40 is one thing. The other one is... This is the time of year when you really get a feel for when you, when you, you've got five seasons, the way I describe it here. You've got winter, evergreens. If you don't have enough evergreens right now, you kind of go, oh, wow, it really feels bare. It just, just feels frosty, snowy, icy, because you need some more greenery out there. If you put some more juniper, cypress, cedars, boxwoods, anything with green, it all of a sudden brings out a liveliness. 20% of your property of those plants should be evergreens. They keep their foliage year-round. 20% should be spring bloomers. This is lilacs, forsythia, uh, flowering camellias, uh, the rhododendrons, azaleas, things that bloom in the spring, 20%. Announces spring. 20% should be uh, summer bloomers. That's crepe myrtles and roses, sharons. Roses kind of fit that. They bloom in that peak of the growing season. 20% should be Fall color, you know, that's the, the maples and the aspens and the, the, the raywood ash, these, the burning bush, things that just go, whoa, look, this, we're transitioning from growing to winter and look at our glorious color. It's an announcement. We're famous for that up here. It's beautiful. Maples grow better here than anywhere else in the country. And so they have that bright red maple color to it. Aspens, you put a maple with an aspen. Wow, the contrast between the gold and aspen and the red of the maples are just stunning, striking. But 20%, that leaves the last 20% should be whatever you want. I always leave 20% open just for whatever you want. So spring, summer, uh, fall, winter. And then if this is your summer home, this is where you spend. You've got Phoenix or Scottsdale in the winter. And this is when you put that 20% towards things that bloom and look glorious while you're here. Who cares about winter evergreens? You're not here. You're down at your Phoenix, your Scottsdale, Palm Beach home. So focus it in up on, you know, up, up on the, on the season that you're here. If this is where you winter, let's say you're Alaska, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, if you know who you are, you're tuned in. You're like, oh yeah, you're talking about snowbirds. Yeah, you, you, you winter down here, you go back in the growing season. We'll focus in on those very early spring, uh, winter, late fall blooming kind of, kind of plants. They put more maples in, have more spruce in, have more uh, lilacs and forsythias, quince that bloom real early in spring. So you can enjoy it while you're here. And who cares about the summer blooming plants? You're gone. Go back home and grow cabbages the size of VW beetles. Yeah, just giant, you know, they just grow gardens so well up there in Minnesota. Minnesota. Sorry, that's the only accent I have. I know I butchered it. I apologize to all my Minnesota friands Now I'll focus on the Michiganders. <laughs> anyway, uh, those are some basic design ideas 
that you can have. Uh, the other one to watch, um, if you're planting here, you're going to need to water them. I don't care what kind of plant. Oh, I only want to do natives. You're still going to have to get it rooted out from that bucket that we grew it in. And we, we root them out so the entire five-gallon bucket is completely full of roots. But those roots have to go out another two, three, four, five, six feet sometimes for native plants. It takes them a couple years before they finally get out into your surrounding gardens, your landscape. And so you'll need to water those. Plan accordingly. Either put, like for my natives, say Eliagnus. I love a silver berry is the common name. It's an evergreen plant that grows natively here. We've got some variegated varieties that are just striking. Flowers are super fragrant. They're evergreen. You know, they've got gold. They make good hedges. They're great for screening and no bugs or animals eat them. They're, they're great for here. But when I put those in the ground, I put them on my drip system for two years. At the end of the second growing season, I'll bend to that irrigation back, tape it off, and I never water them again. But it's taken that long. That first year, they rooted out. The second growing season, they really root out, and then they should be able to go on their own. I might supplemental water those, but I'll generally want to really pamper them. So if you're not going to put drip in, you only want natives, that, that's a good thing. I encourage that. But put a, put a tree well around there so you can water that thing by hand for the first two growing seasons. It's going to take a couple springs before those roots get out far enough so that, that plant can go by themselves. We've got some manzanita right now. They're glorious, beautiful red bark. They're evergreen. They're starting to bud up with those early, early spring bell-shaped flowers. You could plant them right now. I would not add a manzanita to my drip system, but I would plan to hand water those every, oh, a couple times a month probably, just to to, to ensure, make insurance against dry spouts. So, so we can go two, three, four months with no moisture, and then we're inundated with rain or snow in March. So, so wet, heavy snows in March. We're famous for those. We're going to get some snow. The matter is how much, and they're just heavy, gooey. So you're not watering then, but, but then it can go dry from April, May, June, first part of July. It can be almost four months and no moisture. That's our dry spell. Yet things are actively growing, waking up, keeping going. You do want to water even the toughest, a, a prickly pear. We've got beautiful purple prickly pears. Uh, we've got uh, uh, clear cups or, or uh, hedge, hedgehogs is a common name for those. They're super hardy, but I would water them a couple times a month just to make sure you take that edge off, even with the hardest of natives. If you want things to grow fast, I want a hedgerow. I've got any privacy now. I want my Arizona cypress. I would put those on drip system and I would fertilize the living daylights out of them and I would water them at least once a week, just to maximize the growth. Once they get up to size that I, that I desire, then I would scale back some of that irrigation. So hedges, you just need to water hedges so you keep that vibrant new growth. If you're hedging, if you're actually gonna hedge that, box it, shear it, top it, you need to water and fertilize to keep the new growth because it's the new growth that looks so good. The old growth gets kind of skinky looking, kind of kind of beat up. Oh, the, the wind kind of takes out the foliage. You kind of want new growth. So you're always, you want those to probably stay on irrigation. You probably do want two or three times a year fertilization, a good, strong, organic, granular food to go on those. 
So those are some insider tips that we, we covered just this week in this week's garden class. We have a lot more. Take a look at those on our YouTube channel. You can watch the class, kind of tune right in. It's an hour program. Uh, that'll be well, starting tomorrow. All right, got more for you, but I got to take a break. Be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. We believe dogs make shopping more fun, so bring your dog to Waters Garden Center. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. We're finding a lot of folks can't be here at 930 or they got other commitments and they're, they're watching it from home and then they'll come in that afternoon. We've seen quite a bit of that. And so take a look at our Facebook channel, facebook.com forward slash Waters Garden Center, and our YouTube channel, uh, Waters Garden Center. Just type in Waters Garden Center. It'll show up. We've got, I don't know, over a million downloads. It's crazy uh, you, how people are, are consuming content. But it's good local content for us. And this is a u- unique place. This is... Most of the garden information you're getting is for the East Coast. They call it the Great Garden Arc from from Washington, D.C., Boston, over to Chicago, over to Seattle. This is where all the garden dollars, garden advertising, garden products are made for. Garden plants are grown for, not for the Sun Belt so much. Texas is sort of on their own. The South does their own. The Southwest, uh, we're kind of in no man's land. And so it's hard to find the right content, especially at this elevation. So up in the mountains, up in God's country, uh, we're more like the East Coast, but we're drier like the south, Southwest, and we have a lot of wind. And alkaline, oh, the water and the soil is so alkaline. It's unique to this part of the country. Nowhere else, everywhere else is very acidic. We're alkaline. So how do you deal with that? So that's the reason I started putting a garden column, garden show on the radio, podcast. That's the reason we started creating this, is to help folks be more successful at gardening. Next week, this is this week is on design. Next week's a big one. 
it is time to put wildflowers in. So we've got a class, 9.30 on Saturday. Uh, it's called Why January is the Month to Plant Wildflowers by Seed, basically. So you spread that out, and then you pray for snow, and it really makes things germinate. Oh, my gosh. Last year, we had a snowstorm at the last January, and I threw the seed out on top of the snow. I'm going, I'm not waiting. I'm just, I got them here. I'm going to do it now. And it was a magical wildflower season. So this, this year, it looks like it's going to be a really good wildflower just show throughout the mountains because we've had some moisture. Uh, the first Saturday in February, it is absolutely time to prepare your garden soils. You really need to get those things turned. You need to get the manures. You need to get the fertilizer, your bone meals. They need to be in the soil so they can rest for a few weeks before you start planting. So we're going to go over how to do that, the ingredients, uh, what's the best mix. Then we go into fruit trees. We just had our very first fruit tree delivery show up this week. Like, I don't know. It's not everything, but they were all big. They're all 15-gallon instantaneous. We're going to fruit this year size fruit trees. Had some instantaneous plums. Glorious. 25-gallon plums. They're beautiful. I got two of them. I can only find two, but I grabbed them, and they delivered this week. So it's it's starting. You're starting to see plants show up at the garden center. I think our lilac, uh, so some of those, the big maples, aspens, the, the spring bloomers are coming next week. So that's the red buds and... Um, uh, crab apples, all those early spring bloomers, shade trees, they're all coming next week. So it's starting. But for sure, grab your wildflower seed, put them out now, get your soils ready, do it now. Um, and then if you are going to buy seed for next spring, let's see, tomatoes, peppers, don't wait until you need them. Grab them as you see them. So you got them because there's going to be this scurry, this, this scramble to get, I think, this whole... It's not food insecurity. It's, oh my gosh, I can't believe how expensive food is. I can grow my own kind of mentality. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. I think this whole, it's not food insecurity. It's, oh my gosh, I can't believe how expensive food is. I can grow my own kind of mentality. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. <coughs> Did you know that plants can help you sleep better naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more. Or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.